Hello, everybody. Welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm not Lee White, but I am Will Terry, and all three of us are professional illustrators. We've all worked for all the major publishers in the business. Together, we've published somewhere around 75 children's books, and we've all taught illustration at university art schools. That's right. Each week, we bring you either an interview that we're doing, like we're doing today, or we answer your questions or some sort of topic of discussion. Today, we have Lisa Bardot. I want to excuse Lee. He's on assignment. He's currently working on Self Publishing Pro, which um, is launching soon here. So we just want to make sure if self-publishing your art book, your comic, your picture book, your whatever your your card game, whatever it is you've got going on is something that you've always wanted to do, but you never knew how to do it. Self-publishing pros for you, it is uh, a nine-week map course, mapped course that's going to show you step-by-step how to do what we've been able to do, Will, Lee, and I, with our own um, Kickstarters and the books that we've launched and and uh, anyways, it's a, it's a ton of information. So Lee's working on that. We took some time out to do this interview with Lisa. Will, what'd you think of Lisa? She, it, imp- she's very incredible, impressive. huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it, well, it was, I'll tell you that it's impressive enough to start a really, really successful business. That is, mm-hmm. you've got my attention. But mm-hmm. the fact that she's a mother and raising mm-hmm. children Mm-hmm. And trying to balance that, mm-hmm. uh, that whole family life with her husband is um, even like, I don't even know. Like, I went through the kids. Like, we, mm-hmm. we had kids, and I did my fair amount of really watching kids while I was drawing and painting. And yeah. it was so distracting. And so, you know, like to, to be an illustrator, you need huge chunks of time to work on something. You can't just mm-hmm. be interrupted every 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that is just, yeah. She's she's been able to figure out how it worked. Um, yeah. What's cool about Lisa is she turned like this wasn't sort of plan A. I'm just going to head out there and make an art business that teaches people how to make art and and I make brushes. But this was something that um, she was able to recognize success when it came to her. You know, it was it was hey, I I really like drawing on the iPad. This is something that I enjoy. I should teach people how to do this. Hey, people really like how I do this. And I love how she just sort of followed this path to where she's at today, to where she's, you know, her husband works full time with her. Um, she has uh, an employee, um, an employee that, uh, I think she said works full time or is close to full time. Um, she can afford a nanny to help out with the, the kids. Right. Um, and she's able to do all of this and still create her own art at the same time while running while running these businesses. Um, if you don't know who we're talking about, her name's Lisa Bardot. She runs bardotbrush.com, so go check that out. Also, the artmakersclub.com, which is her online like um, community of art makers. She started make uh, making art every day challenge where you. Um, you're given a prompt every single day of the year to make a drawing. So if you don't know what to draw on any particular day, go check it out and she'll, she'll have a prompt for you to work on. And uh, you should also check out her drawing digital book that recently was published, um, which is also something that she's, she's put some time and effort into. 
Um, in this interview, we get into how she started her business, how she knew to shift, I guess, from one business to another, um, the importance and the value of doing art retreats. Um, we talk about um, Procreate and and sort of the, the how Procreate is like um, been key to, uh, I would say, a generation of people having access to digital tools, which is really cool. Is there anything else you want to add before we get into this? Well, she talked about her re- her retreat to France and also to Mexico. and Right. Yeah. And so. then the whole balancing that with family life yeah. as well. So lots to lots of great interviews from this, from this interview. Let's get right into it. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. And uh, I met you at uh, Lightbox mm-hmm. last year and uh, you came to the Inktober Mermaid panel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were wearing a pencil costume, <laughs> which was <Yes>. awesome. <laughs> Hard not to Halloween. miss you. I was like, that was that seemed like an appropriate uh, outfit for that venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this: What was your? I, I guess why did you want to go to Lightbox, and what what'd you get from from Lightbox? Yeah, I've been going to Lightbox for a few years now, um, and I well, I first started going to Lightbox. Uh, I was invited by Procreate, and it was my first time getting to meet the team in person because I work mm-hmm. I work now I work closely with them, but. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, this time around, now that I've gone a few years, I was just super into getting to meet people and, and talk to people and, um, and go to, you know, I went to a lot of, of the different panels and things like that, um, which was really cool. I always learn a ton because the, the people like yourself that are, <laughs> that are there speaking are just so talented and knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly I just loved getting to meet people and talk to people, walk around the expo and talk to the different artists and see all their cool stuff that they're selling. And then also I, I just love spending time with the, the, the Procreate team. They're, they're one of the big reasons that I like to go now. Mm. So tell us, how'd you get involved with Procreate? And, um, and what is your current like status with Procreate right now? Yeah, do you mean the... The company, or just like my creative practice in Procreate in general, or both. Or? Let's start with your your uh, with the company, and then mm-hmm. I want to hear about like the the beginnings of that, the creative practice as well. Yeah, um, I had been I'd been in. Well, I I I kind of I guess they're kind of intertwined those answers because just, I came onto the scene using <laughs> Procreate pretty early on, like before they really like really really took off um Mm -hmm. i started using it i think in like 2013 2014 so i've been using it for a really long time and um and um i started uh as i started dabbling in it and working really close like working a lot in procreate i started making my own procreate brushes um which then i started selling um so i was starting that business up and then i wanted to teach people how to use my brushes and i started teaching on youtube um and that kind of launched my education career. I, I, I really fell in love with the teaching side of things. So um, I came out with like, there wasn't a lot of videos about how to use Procreate at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came out with a video, just kind of like a very clear cut video, like how to use Procreate. And it kind of took off. <laughs> that one um, really did big, did, did mm-hmm. well. And I think that... I just kept sharing about Procreate and like, I am like such a huge Procreate fan, huge Procreate people. And um, 
I think that just got the attention of Procreate. So I, I, I think I first met up with them in 2019. So this would have been like a year after I launched that first video and I started doing mm -hmm. YouTube videos and Procreate and I started um, a drawing challenge, which is what I was asking you about uh, when we met up at the mm -hmm. at Lightbox in 2019. So that whole year just kind of like started things going. So I, I went to Lightbox in 2019. I met it with the Procreate team and um, I did some light. I did a live stream with them over the years. And and then this past year, um, they brought me in early on the Procreate Dreams, which they just launched in November, which is their new mm -hmm. animation app. So I got to come in on that project and they wanted me to do some education around it. They flew me to London to do a demo at their big reveal um, at Playgrounds and that was amazing. And so it's just been really fun to work with them and they are just the nicest people. Like that's kind of mm -hmm. like the best part of it. They're just so like, so nice and like humble and just cool mm -hmm. people. So I really, really enjoy getting to work with them. I want to point out you you kind of breezed over that your video did well like pretty good and we're, <laughs> what we mean what you mean by pretty good is six million views for yeah. one video <laughs> that's huge mm. yeah. uh, so so and your your uh, YouTube channel has three hundred fifty eight thousand subscribers how often are you posting videos on on YouTube yeah um right now the this this year I'm trying to get like really back into it and trying to do a video mm -hmm. every two weeks or so. Um, mm -hmm. Over the past few years, it's been like in 2020, I did so many videos. It was the pandemic and I was just right. like video, video, video. I just got it like that's that's the pandemic is also a really big catalyst for like mm -hmm. the growth of everything that I do. Um, people were really eager to learn at that point in time. And I was just mm -hmm. like, let's just show up and live stream and mm -hmm. um, ended up teaching a ton that year. Um, but th I always do about like, I don't know, like 20 videos a year or something like that. I'm trying to kind of like amp that up this year. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So I'm just trying to like grasp this whole like Lisa Bardot <laughs> empire, I guess. So it started with, it started with, uh, I like to draw and procreate. And then, and I should add, in 2014, that predates the Apple Pencil. So you were like, yes, there I, wasn't any I, pressure sensitivity or anything. Yeah, I think it, it's funny. My first foray into drawing on the iPad, I had an iPad mini that I got as a gift from my husband. And I was at like an Aaron Brothers, which is an art store. Mm -hmm. And at the checkout line, there was like a little... It was a stylus that looked like a paintbrush. It had bristles and everything. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that's a stylus? That's interesting. I didn't know you could draw on the iPad. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and so then I started researching apps and that's how I came across um, Procreate. And I started out with like a Wacom, after the paintbrush one, um, yeah. I started out with a Wacom. So it had some, some pressure sensitivity, but right. when the Apple Pencil came out, oh my gosh, that was such a game changer. Mm. It, it just like it changed everything and that's when i really like me drawing on the ipad like really really took off that year mm -hmm. after i got it i got it right when it came out and then i think it was 2016 that year i um i set a goal for myself to draw something or every day because i really wanted to focus on my illustration and just kind of like figure out my style and like figure out like what what was going to come out of me if i really put the time into this um and that's and that that really just changed 
everything for me because um, I found creativity as a form of self-expression, which was Mm -hmm. new for me at the time, even though I've been like creative my whole life. And that's when I started working on my Procreate brushes and just really focusing on just sharing sharing like what I was learning and what I was going through on social media and things like that. So that was a really big, big thing for me to have done and really important to me. And that's why I started my drawing challenge, Making Art Every Day, um, Mm -hmm. because it was such an impactful thing for me. And I wanted to share that with others. Um, And so I started a drawing challenge. That's it's an ongoing one. It's every single day of the year I've been doing it. We're in year six now. So Mm -hmm. All those, I should add up the number of drawing prompts. It's a lot. Thousands. Um, <laughs> it just, yeah, it's every, every single day we do a different theme every month and every week mm-hmm. there's like kind of a mini theme within the theme. And I try to release tutorials that are kind of based on, you know, what we're doing for making art every day. So it's all kind of centered around that. But yeah, I just, I think if you, like I really believe in having a creative practice and how, um, important is for, you know, for my well-being and my mental health and all of my creativity. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to share that with others. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So in 20, 2016, you started Draw Every Day. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's when you started drawing every day. Yeah. The challenge started six years ago. In 2019. In 2019. Yeah. So I, okay. in, the, in the middle of that, I had like another baby. I was also, I had another business that I was running. I was a wedding photographer at the time. So mm-hmm. I was already a business owner, like for a long time before that. Mm-hmm. I think I was doing wedding photography in partnership with my husband for like 11 years before we like mm. stopped and fully switched over to this. But there was definitely years of overlap where I was building up this new art-based business while we're kind of like still trying to maintain the <laughs> the wedding photography business. So that's yeah, amazing. It's, it's wow. full tilt. <laughs> so your husband so, works with you. Yeah, we do. We, we both run the business together. Um, he's kind of like, we call him our chief operations officer. <laughs> wow. So he handles like all, all sorts of things. Um, customer support. He handles, uh, you know, all the taxes and just kind of the less fun stuff. And I get to focus on the creative stuff and kind mm-hmm. of like planning what we're doing and things like that. I need a husband. <laughs> pretty great not everyone can do it people are like how do you work with your husband i'm like we've just always done it like we actually met we both worked at apple um uh-huh. so that's where we met each other and we just always worked together so it works for us mm. that's amazing and then how many kids you have we have three kids three kids so yeah. bu- busy house <laughs> it is definitely a busy house <laughs> So, and what are your, what's the age span of the kids? Uh, my kids are, the oldest one is 10, um, then almost seven, and then three mm-hmm. and a half. Okay. And how does that work? Like, is it, uh, he's got the kids for a certain time, times of the day, you have the kids for a certain time, or is it split up by week or, or what? No, no, no. We, um, well, the biggest key to making this all work is that we have a full-time nanny um Mm. we couldn't do it without her so Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) so she is she is the reason we are able to do any of what we do um Mm -hmm. you know and help with the kids but other than that like we both you know split the responsibilities although i would say he's probably (laughs) he does a bit more than me he's like so good (laughs) he he like does all the drop-offs and like the pickups he's Mm. an amazing cook he cooks our meals he's he's like super super amazing dad i just like I feel so lucky. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Can I, so let me, what, can I go back for a second? Yeah. Yeah. The, you don't have to answer this, but this was the, when you talked about your YouTube um, channel and the, the video that went viral. Mm-hmm. 
Were you a partner at that time with YouTube? Was it, what do you mean a partner? Um, were you, you know, getting paid? Monetized? Oh, um, when I started my YouTube channel, I don't think I had enough to get paid. Mm. Like, I, no, not at the time. I think I might have, after that video is when I, okay. you know, was able to like turn on monetization. Because I've, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people have had like a, a breakout video and they mm -hmm. wish that they were a partner at that time, but they weren't. So they didn't mm. get paid for their breakout. So yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't, it, it, it didn't like immediately go viral. So there was some like buildup where I was like, okay, I've got my like, I think it's oh, like you good. need a thousand uh, subscribers to right. turn on monetization. And so I was oh, able to good. turn it on. Like, yeah, I've definitely oh, gotten good. plenty of ad revenue from that video. Good, good. Um, but yeah. That's cool. So, um, so going back to your business, mm -hmm. um, it, it seems like, like what's the, the bread and butter of the business? Is it the brush pack sales? Is it book sales? Is it YouTube ad sense, you know, money? Is it, uh, what are, I, I guess, what are your reven revenue streams and yeah. what would be like the percentage, whatever you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, so it's, I mean, and it's definitely shifted over the years because mm -hmm. uh, for the for most of the time it was the brushes and that was like 90% of everything. Um, so I was doing, I was selling brushes and that was like the main thing that I was doing, but I was also like posting on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and the YouTube also like a lot of the videos are using my brushes. So it, it definitely like feeds into the brush sales, of course. Yeah. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's our best funnel for, for sales in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then since I have really like, it's, it's really interesting. So I started selling brushes and then I started doing the education, like I said, and I've just like, it helped me realize like how much I love to teach. And so that's kind of like been my focus for now a few years is like really you know, making videos and doing courses and teaching people. And now I have my membership, which we launched um, a year and a half ago called Art mm -hmm. Makers Club. And we do live events uh, every month. So live tutorials and like Q and A's and things like that. And then we have like a course library and like a really amazing community of supportive artists. And they're like such great people. Mm -hmm. um, and so now that I've launched that, um, that's kind of become like my main source of revenue. So it's probably like, um, I don't know, probably like 30% other stuff. And then the rest the, is like my brushes, like half, half my brushes and my education. I also do Skillshare. Um, mm -hmm. so I do get some revenue from that. And then there's like little things, um, like, um, uh, Oh uh, gosh, now I can't think. <laughs> but little things that aren't aren't that much of the piece like of you have a, an online shop, right? Are you like, able to bring people that um, take your classes on Skillshare over to your uh, website as well? Like, do you do you, can you invite them to come and see what you're doing? Um, I mean, Skillshare is not; they don't really like that. <laughs> okay. Um, but um. But I know once people kind of like, like I know that I use like Skillshare as a way for people to find me, like I can access a whole different audience by having my classes on Skillshare. And once they kind of are introduced to what I do and how I teach and if they are into that, they often, um, you know, find my other videos, so whether they like go over to YouTube and they kind of like they, it's kind of a way to introduce them to my, my ecosystem, right. if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're so as far as like um, like the the website that you have built mm -hmm. was that something 
that like your husband did or you did or you hired out a professional to build the website and and set up that like that whole system of SEO and and all the stuff that kind of goes into a website. Yeah, it's I mean it's definitely a team effort. I have two websites. So I have one for my brushes, bardobrush.com mm-hmm. and then artmakersclub.com is the membership. Mm-hmm. Um I built I built Bardo Brush. It's all on WordPress. And um, we definitely like work together on like optimizing for SEO and things like that. Um, and just kind of like backend management, like he help, he mm-hmm. works on that, but all the like creative and like pay, design and like all that, you know, making the website, I do that part of it. And then mm-hmm. um, our membership's built on a platform called Podia. And so me mm-hmm. and I have one employee who's um, almost full-time employee. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we worked on building that together. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great, everything just seems so cohesive and like definitely like the Bardot brand, you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Which I'm sure is very, very intentional. And it's, Yeah, it's, and I have a, uh, my background is actually in graphic design. That's what I went to mm-hmm. school for. Graphic design and photography are my degrees. Um, so I definitely like design is such an important thing for me. I love design. So I try to, I never actually became a graphic designer, but I've gotten to use that for like all the businesses that I've run. And it's been such a like key thing and kind of like standing out and making, you know, just having my voice visually, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big things I tell like illustrators and, and people wanting to go into this sort of side of creativity is like learn how to do graphic design on some level (laughs) like just learn (laughs) kerning and fonts and how things should be laid out Mm -hmm. in in an easy you know easy to read manner because a little bit of graphic design goes a long way it's very very true when we started our photography business um in 2009 a long time ago yeah um like we had this really like designed website and this was like early early days for like that that didn't exist at the time and it really helped us like people were like oh my gosh like your wet photos but i love your website like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah it's funny <laughs> so how'd you like when was it when did you decide to like say hey the wedding photography thing it was a good run but really we should put all our effort into bardot brush and art makers club and all this stuff how did that decision come about yeah. Um, so we had been doing wedding photography for a long time since, like I said, since 2009. So this would probably be like 10 years into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably like five years into that is when I started to like feel a pull towards something else. I just knew mm-hmm. like it wasn't like it wasn't fueling me in the same way that it used to. And that mm-hmm. whole period, those five years were like a real struggle because I knew I was like, I need to keep doing this because I need to earn money for and support my family and things like that. But like, mm-hmm. I want to do something else, but I don't know what it is. So there was a lot of inner turmoil. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why when I started the drawing every day project for me in 2016, like that, why it was so important. But, um, in 2019 is I, I think I started selling brushes 2016, 2017, I should look that date up. I can never remember. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a little side hustle, you know. And in 2019 is when really I, I started to sink everything I had into it. Um, it's when I started the drawing challenge, when I made that video to kind of support the drawing challenge because I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you should draw every day because it's awesome. You should do it in Procreate because it's awesome, but you might not know how to use Procreate, so I'm going to teach you how to do that, and then yeah. we'll draw, okay? <laughs> that was, like, the <laughs> idea. 
Um, and then I just kind of went went in on it. I think that year, I, I or the year before that, I launched my own website. Before that, I was selling on Creative Market all my brushes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that that year was crazy because we had like a full like forty weddings or something, all while like oh, wow. also trying to run this wow. full time art business. Um, and then and then came twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And that's when everything just kind of whoop did this. Um, thankfully, I knew we were winding down the wedding photography business, so we only had like two weddings booked for 2020. But mm-hmm. if we had been still relying on that in the pandemic, that would have been Be really rough. bad. So I'm always yeah. just so grateful that wow. things just kind of, the timing worked out the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2020, it was like full, like full, full, full on into all the art stuff and education and brushes and things like that. Yeah. So um, that that's super cool. How many uh, brush packs would you say you've sold over the years? Do you mm. have you? Is there any way to even keep track of that? I think I added them up, but it was probably been a year since I did that. Uh-huh. Um, I think I wrote it on my website, though. Hold on, I'll tell you one second. Because I remember reading that somewhere, and I was like, "Holy cow!" That's a there's a lot of brush brush packs or brushes. Yeah. I don't I don't know what, how you how you uh, uh, did the uh, accounting on that. Oh gosh, I had the number written down, but it's a big big number. I think okay. it's like yeah. And we already know <laughs> that when when Lisa says big numbers, she's talking <laughs> not thousands, it was just not a tens few. of thousands. Yeah, <laughs> that's so but cool. It's. Yeah, and it's really cool. And and we also do some like free brush packs too, which are like another mm-hmm. good, you know, funnel to get people in. Um mm-hmm. and that 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 there's a lot there too with the free stuff. Yeah. So one of the big questions artists these days, I'm sure you're getting it with your community as well is like how do I balance the creation with like the promotion of myself or the the making versus the marketing? Mm-hmm. And what's your advice for that? Like, I'd say, what's your practice? And mm-hmm. then what's your what's your advice? Because you're in a different place than a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, to answer that, I'll, well, I'll talk about myself first. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I do often struggle with that. Um, and the way... I, I don't... Like, I, I sell a lot, but I don't like to do it. Like, most of us don't like to sell. But... Um, mm-hmm. um, I find that I do best when I'm just like sharing my excitement about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So that that feels like that feels really good to me when I do that. But we also do have like a heavy, you know, email marketing and um, we do run sales and things like that. But the I do best and I connect with the like with people the most, which in turn, you know, brings them into my ecosystem and you know converts to sales later on and stuff like that when I'm just sharing like my excitement about the things that I'm making and I'm like I'm teaching this thing and it's like so cool because I I make Mm -hmm. stuff like that's kind of how I guide my business is like Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it I'll do it um so just kind of like feeding into that is has been such an important thing for me and people feel that you know and they Mm want to be a part of that excitement too so that's definitely something really really important to me which kind of ties into like when you're asking that question i'm like well my um my my brand my niche isn't like 
necessarily people that are like, okay, I want to learn this so that I can have this illustration career and I can go right. like start a business or get a job or whatever. Um, we are like mostly about doing it for the joy and for our own mm-hmm. pleasure and like getting that feeling of like, oh my God, look what I made. Like, this is so great. Like it's, you're, we're chasing a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I lead with my excitement because that's mm-hmm. what, you know, when it comes down to it, that's what I'm selling is like, I want you to feel that joy too. So mm-hmm. but, that's, yeah. a cool, that's a big market of people out there. It really is. Like, I remember when I started the my brush business and I was like, I want to get these brushes in the hands of some of the best artists and I want them to use my brushes and make really amazing art. And like, mm-hmm. um, and what I found over the years is like, that's such a small amount of people, you know? Yeah. yeah. But like, there's so many people that just want to start and they want to learn. And that's what my business is about. It's like really geared towards beginners. Um which is it's just like a lot of people, so yeah. I need to get my mother-in-law on your on your uh, program because she asked me, and I go, I just go too deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I actually have a lot of like the, the age range of like the people is we have anywhere from like people have their kids in there and all the way up to like 70, 80 year olds. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of like elderly people that you know are like I'm like of all the like retirement hobbies you could pick. Like you chose the like digital art one. Like I think that's really admirable. Like I don't right. know. Like it's the technology <laughs> one, you know. <laughs> that's super cool. So so can I oh, go ahead, Will? Jump in. Yeah. I want to know about your trip, upcoming trip to France, and mm-hmm. how that whole thing uh, materialized, and how you figured out you could make it work, money wise, and all that. If you mm-hmm. anything you want to share about that. Yeah, so for the France trip, I am partnering with a company called Uptrek, and they actually, this is their whole business, is that they they create these kind of, um, they get the venue and they, you know, do all the logistics stuff, and then they find artists to come and bring their curriculum and their audience and things like that. Mm-hmm. So for that one, um, it's it's pretty easy, because they're like, hey, we're, we'll do all this. You just teach and promote it, and you know, and the, the pay is good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a really like easy thing. And it's, it's kind of interesting because this isn't my first art retreat. I actually did one last year in Mexico in Oaxaca in May. Mm -hmm. And for Mm -hmm. that one, we partnered with a friend who owns a travel agency. We travel, we'd we'd done group travel with him before. Um, and he'd never done an art retreat, but we're like, Hey, what do you think about doing an art retreat? We think it could be really fun. Um, and so there was a lot more legwork on our side of things because we had to like build a web page and like figure out all the things. <laughs> he handled yeah. the travel stuff, but like there was a lot more to figure out on our end. Mm-hmm. But it was so, it was so much fun. Like I'd never, I'd, I'd taught at like conferences, I've taught at, um, you know, things like that before, but like I'd never gone to an art retreat or hosted an art retreat and it was amazing and people had the best time and it was, it was just so cool because I, you know, we teach online. We don't get a lot of FaceTime with the people we're teaching. Mm-hmm. But to be in like one place for a week with these people and like really get to know them. And yeah, it was amazing. It was so much fun. So I'm really, really looking forward to the France Art Retreat. And that one's the Mexico one was a lot of um, we got to go out and meet a lot of um, these artisans that did um, they had created Alabrije's little like animal sculptures. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. 
textiles, pottery. So a lot of that was going out and meeting these people. And then we did a few art lessons on Procreate back at our hotel. Um, Mm -hmm. But this France one is like a lot more um, education. Like we have Mm. lots and lots of art. Like we're just basically like staying at one place, doing a couple field trips, but just like Mm -hmm. making art the whole time. So that one's going to be really, really fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Do you you think most of the people that are going to go to the, or, well, for both, me- the, the one in Oaxaca and also the one in France, are they mostly your followers that live in that country? Or are they coming no. from the yeah, no. U.S. too? They're coming, yeah. Um, there was only one person that lived outside of the U.S. that came to the Mexico trip, but she oh, actually wow. lived in Puerto Rico, so she didn't live in Mexico. Um, and then for the France one, I think there's a couple people that already live in Europe, but a lot of people are coming from the United States. Wow. Six people that went to the Mexico retreat actually are coming to the France retreat. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, I didn't expect that. I, I don't even <laughs> think I like, I kind of like casually mentioned it when I, we mm-hmm. were in Waka. Oh yeah, the France retreat, we're going to do this. And she's like, you're having a, you're doing one in France. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> signed up. And then it kind of like everybody else found out and like a bunch of people signed up. So I was like, wow. So they had a good time, I guess. (laughs) Are you wanting to do these yearly or more than that? Yeah, I think like at least doing one every year would be like, I love to travel and I definitely missed it during the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is just like, we did, we did a good amount of travel doing wedding photography. You know, we'd travel around and do weddings and stuff. And, you know, since switching to this business, it's not like, you know, you stay at home and you make videos and brushes Mm -hmm. and things like that. So getting into these retreats is just, it feels like a dream because I get to travel, I get to teach. Um, Yeah, we're definitely going to, we're planning on doing Mexico again in 2025. Um, Probably just going to do the one this year. So yeah, maybe one a year, maybe more, who knows? I have kids, so it's hard to like be gone for a long time. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. What would you say is like, what can a person expect on a retreat? Because I've never done one before, and they're always they do sound cool and interesting to me. But yeah, I don't I don't even know what to expect. Yeah, well, it's kind of I mean, it's nice. It's a nice way to travel where everything is just kind of like taken care of for you. You don't have to really mm-hmm. worry about you know what you're gonna do, what you're where you're gonna eat, and things like that. And then, so that's one thing. And then. Um, getting to spend time with the people that are on the retreat. Like I've done group travel before and like, that's a really cool thing that you don't really think about. Like you get to meet really cool people and spend time with them. And then, um, getting to experience a location in the, um, through the lens of, of art and like really getting to explore a place while thinking about making art. Like, um, my employee and I, we actually just went to Disneyland together. That was kind of her like Christmas bonus <laughs> is we took a trip to Disneyland together and we just planned mm-hmm. on sketching the whole time. Like we rode roads and did things, road, road rides. Um, but like it was more about like, let's let's draw things at Disneyland. And like it's such a different experience, like it, like going to a place and experiencing it through creating art. Um, so it's kind of all of that wrapped up and just really, really like re- memories that you just I don't know this mm-hmm. stuff that you like will stay with you for for the rest of your life I think every t- like the Mexico trip I will I will hold that in my heart and cherish it forever I know and so yeah. in the, and future retreats I know I will too like it's great did you did you say about how many people come to these yeah um both of them actually uh were 16 attendees okay. and then my husband and I went together we bring our employee um, mm-hmm. so it's the three of us. And then in Mexico on the, like, we also had like our 
travel team. So we had guides and like the travel host and things like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. so it was a pretty robust team and then 16 attendees. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Awesome. So what is like next for Lisa Bardell? Where did, what's the next, like, I'm sure you're charting, you know, the next few years you, you, you're making plans. What, what can we expect if, if you can share any of it? Yeah. Um, I just came off a really intense year. Like 2023 was, it was a lot. I, I released my book in October and I was also working closely with procreate on, you know, on procreate dreams. Um, so it was a lot. So this year I'm like trying to find my equilibrium mm-hmm. <laughs> and like what's my sustainable pace for like doing things. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going to spend the, you know, f- this year kind of figuring out, you know, while doing my art retreat this year and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to like write another book or two. Like I really did enjoy that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've really had the idea of doing a book centered around my drawing challenge and like a book of like prompts and motivation and little mini tutorials and things that you can just like Mm -hmm. pick up and start whenever. Um, Just kind of like taking the best of the best of what I've learned about running this drawing challenge and putting it into book form. So that's like an idea that I want to start working on pretty soon. Um, And yeah, I think I'm still like figuring out the future. Like I want to keep teaching and I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, So yeah, I'm, 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 open to whatever right now i guess (laughs) i'm curious too like your style is so fun and there's energy to it um but it's really focused on here's how to do the craft is there do you have any desire or any like thought towards making um actual products that people could like have a lisa bardot Mm. sketchbook or a lisa bardot sticker pack or something like that. I do have one product that I would really love to create. um, Mm -hmm. And that's a bag because I've been like Mm. searching for a good bag that I can kind of treat like a purse sort of like have with, but that fits my iPad. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have anything good and I haven't found anything good like that. And I love to sew. That's another Mm -hmm. one of my things that I love to do. So it's been on my list to like sew myself a bag that is like the perfect bag for me. And Mm -hmm. like, it would be so cool to like, start a product for that but who yeah. knows <laughs> yeah right that's a that's a very different uh yeah. business model as well yeah right? absolutely like now you're so, dealing with shipping and and sourcing materials and manufacturing all yeah that stuff. it'd be cool to collab with a company that already does that and just like mm-hmm. design the bag and you guys sell it and i could just tell people about it like that would right. be cool <laughs> right so 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 many artists um are looking to be hired right they want to go more of the traditional route of, of having a client hire them. It sounds like you and your husband have been very entrepreneurial with your wedding business and now this. And I'm just curious, like, how did you, did you have like parents that role modeled, um, you know, running businesses or did, where did that come from? That ability to just see something and go for it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was from my family. <laughs> my dad was actually really worried for me when I started the wedding photography business. Uh-huh. Like his only kind of like view of you know, running your own business was like my mom doing Tupperware. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, she really didn't. Like, that was really a struggle. And I'm like, well, it's not exactly like that, dad. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like I've I don't I 
I don't know where it came from, but I've been, I, I think I've been entrepreneurial from a really young age. I remember in like, um, like high school, I used to make little necklaces out of Fimo clay and like, mm-hmm. uh, like macrame kind of thing mm-hmm. and like sell those to my friends. And in college I was in a sorority and I would sew like Greek letters and sell them to like, so there's you always been something yeah. where I'm like, I just want to make something. And I like, I think it's cool that people want to buy it from me. So like, yeah, I'll sell it mm-hmm. to you. So, but I mean, when it comes down to it, I just like, I like, I need to create things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of what drives it. But yeah. That's cool. That is cool. I have a, um, a question up, uh, from our, one of our listeners that I figured we'd, we'd tackle. We'll move into that portion of the, uh, of the episode now. Okay. So this comes from, uh, from Robert. And his subject line is Mr. Ability Meet Mr. Vision. Okay, so he says, since you guys have been doing professional illustrations for a while now, when you say that your ability meets your vision and you're able to create what you have in mind, which do you think plays the bigger role in in being able to do that? Is it leveling up your abilities so you can create what you envision or adjusting and calibrating your vision to match your current skill level? So which is it like it's, is it a chicken egg sort of thing? Does your are you always wanting more vision than skill, or wanting more skill than vision? I feel like it's probably the the first one for me mm-hmm. because I like love to explore different styles. Like mm-hmm. I I know people like look at my work and they they could clearly see my style, but I'm like I'm just all over the place. I'm like always trying new things and. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I think I can like envision the idea of like what I want to create and I'll do whatever I can to try and figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like doing something that I've never done before, like I love that part of the process, like figuring it out. Yeah. Um, that's why I love creativity. So yeah, I think. So it's like I, I have this vision for, you know, a really ambitious illustration and I've never really drawn people before i'm really good at like environments but this one has like multiple people doing very interesting um you know maybe it's a race You're, you you want to draw a, a stadium with a race or something like that so that would be the vision and, and your approach would be okay let's figure out how to draw people let's figure yeah. out you know how to do <laughs> lighting and shadowing so we can get those people looking good okay i'll tell you about um what year was it i think I don't know, one of the years. I, I for, for my drawing challenge, I, I decided to do a month on drawing people. It was mm-hmm. going to be our people month. And I was going into that saying, like, people are so scary. Like, I I don't know how to draw people, really. Like, it's, yeah. and I feel like most people are like, ooh, like, that feels really scary. So I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to make a bunch of tutorials so people will feel equipped to kind of, like, start to take on the process and not going into it. Like, <laughs> I So I very quickly was like, taught myself how to come up with a process that would let people learn how to do it it wasn't like this is yeah this is exactly how to draw people it's like this is the process Mm. so you look at all these different references you draw eyes in like a hundred different ways and you kind of figure out like what your way of drawing like look at it like look at the real thing these are Mm -hmm. all the different parts of an eye which parts of those are you going to draw and then in what way are you going to draw them? So that was like a whole series on basically doing that for like eyes, nose, mouth, head, bodies. Mm. Um, and I put together like, <laughs> I think like 15 or something tutorials in the span of a month. It was insane. I, mm. I sometimes get an idea and it's like, <laughs> I don't take into account that 
it's not good for my body to do that, but I like, I just have to do it. And yeah, that's what I'm trying to like, what I'm talking about, like a Chill sustainable a pace. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, what can I reasonably get done so that I can like have a life and be healthy and things like that? You know, you know, what's interesting about that, her approach, Jake, is that um, you, she's coming from a graphic design st- uh, background. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I was, when I was teaching um, illustration at university is I wanted my students to take more of that approach of seeing the bigger picture like like having a plan because graphic designers are really good at planning you know i mean like you're Mm -hmm. organizing right Mm -hmm. and and they just want to start drawing and i'm like you're not seeing you you don't have a plan you're not seeing the bigger picture you're not thinking about (laughs) the end and your 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 description of that was of the way that you approach drawing people is uh is more in line with what i the way i would teach students who want to do stylized illustration right mm-hmm. so that's that's really interesting and uh graphic yeah. designers just yeah that i, I, I never I, I never thought about it like relating that to like my graphic design you know like, mm-hmm. like but i think yeah. illustrators need like you were saying earlier jake they need more graphic design than they get it's like you you go into an mm-hmm. illustration program or you go into a graphic design program and they both can benefit from each other right right and that, and go and to go back to to Robert's question, I think you have to if if you want to improve in anything, you have to have a, a longer vision, a broader vision, to 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 kind of see yourself where you could be. Because mm-hmm. if you're always just like, well, my, you know, I, I'm no good at drawing people, so I guess I'll just stay live in this, you know, this tiny little box that doesn't have people in it, right? Um, you're not gonna. How are you ever gonna learn how to draw people if you can't like envision yourself drawing people or certain you know? And, and we're just using people as whatever. It could be somebody could be great at f- character design and really stink at environments, right? So insert whatever thing is you're struggling there. I think yeah. that's a, this the same for me too. It's like for for many years I resisted this comic book idea that I had. Uh, for a graphic novel because it was it would require me to draw figures that were less stylized and more realistic but it was like this idea that that I really had and eventually I was like you know it's never going to happen if I don't just draw it poorly first <laughs> you know <laughs> and what's funny is is you you start down that path and it's like it's almost like um you know training for anything like if you're if you're hiking a mountain, you know, your legs might not be equipped to to do it at the beginning. But through the act of hiking, you get stronger, and you tack it, and you go on a two mile hike, and then a five mile hike, then a ten mile hike, and pretty soon you're able to like summit that mountain of you know of whatever it is you're you're struggling with. But it wouldn't happen by just you know walking flat ground, right? Yeah. I'm getting really deep in all the metaphors. No, before. I get it. <laughs> I don't even know what where we're at. Are we talking about hiking anymore, you know, or, or drawing anymore? Um, that's super cool. I you you did bring up something. I, I'm curious what your daily schedule is. Like, you know, you had to drop off kids this morning. That's why we met at a certain time. But what is? Are you a late worker? Are you an early worker? How do you like balance everything? Yeah. So I've been, um, another thing I'm working on being better about is like my routine, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but I have, I have from like nine to six to do my work. Like that's when we have childcare. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, 
usually what I I'm just working that whole time. But I, what I've been trying to do. So in the morning, you know, we 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 get ready in school and that kind of thing. And yeah. Um, and then this year, especially, I've been really trying to get back into my own personal creative practice. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, in 2016, I did it every day. And then um, then I started this drawing chat. Like, and then it kind of like fell off. It fell off for me. I was drawing a, a lot to, to make run. tutorials. <laughs> I was building businesses yeah. and like having babies and whatever. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I didn't like get to, I didn't give myself the time to really focus on my own personal creative practice. But this year felt like a good year to do that. So I've been doing something every day just for me to draw, um, mm-hmm. either on my iPad or my sketchbook, which has been really amazing. So I'm either like starting my day by doing that. Um, and then I'll like jump into all my work tasks and whether it's recording a video, mm-hmm. editing, um, social media, whatever, all the, th- all the things talking with my employee. Um, yeah. and then, uh, I, I'm, I'm a pretty hard worker, so I'll just, I'll usually stay in it until six and then go in with the family and mm-hmm. have dinner and put the kids to bed. And if I have any energy left, I might pull out. I, I used to, every time I put the kids to bed, I'd pull my computer back out and get back to work. Yeah. Um, so I'm either, I'm trying not to work, but um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll, I'll draw, depending on if I did my daily drawing in the morning mm-hmm. or not, or I'll just relax. <laughs> I have trouble relaxing, do ha- so. <laughs> do you have any like mechanisms for that context shift? Like how do you get into the work mode and how do you shift between creative versus administrative? And then how do you shift out of business time to family time? So it's it's something I've been starting to recognize is that I, I'm not that great at transitioning. Like mm-hmm. it's hard for when I'm like, I, I, I love my work and I really get into it. So when I go in and with the family, like my brain's kind of still half there. Oh, yeah. um, so Same. one of my goals this year is to kind of in the last 30 minutes of my day to just kind of like, stop my tasks and focus on like, I don't know, thinking about what I'm going to do the next day. And so I can just let it, mm. leave it behind. Um, and then like getting into work, I think like drawing before I start work has also been a really nice transition where it goes mm-hmm. from like personal family to personal me to work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm working on it. I don't have, I'm not going to say I've got it all figured out, but I'm working mm-hmm. on it. I think that's good to point out to to people that like I look at you, I look how much you've been able to accomplish and this stuff didn't happen. Again, it's like you had the vision first. You didn't have everything figured out like, okay, first I'm going to do, um, make these brushes and then we're going to launch a YouTube channel. We're going to use a, a brush tutorial to launch the YouTube channel. And then, uh, you know, at some point we're going to make this, these courses and then we'll start a group, you know, a, a art community. And then once we get all that going, we're going to like make sure we've got, um, uh, retreats planned out <laughs> and then we're going to make a bag. And <laughs> like, <I've, Yeah. laughs> it seems to me like, um, while planning is important, like a lot of it is, oh, here's an opportunity. Let's just go for it. We're not ready, but if we don't go for it, uh, we're going to miss it. Is that more what it's like? <laughs> that sounds that sounds very accurate, actually. Yeah, because I'm just, yeah, I, I kind of, if if I have an idea, like I'll just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impulsive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I have an idea, I'll just like, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And, um, my husband and I have always been pretty, um, like risky. Like we, we aren't the play it safe kind of people normally. We're mm-hmm. just like, 
yeah, why not? That sounds kind of crazy. Let's do that <laughs> thing, you know? Like, you know, even the art retreats, like, we didn't know, you know, putting it together with a, you know, somebody that's never done it before, da da da. We're just like, well, let's figure it out. Like, everything <laughs> is, fig- like, even going back to like drawing people and what we were talking about earlier, like, everything yeah. is figure outable, you know? Like, that's kind of how I see things. Like, you can always figure it out, you know? There, mm-hmm. and, there's so little in the world that's not been done already. So it's like other people have figured it out. I'm sure I yeah. can figure it out. If not, I'll figure out my way of doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So many that's people have cool. paralysis over starting things like that. And I think it's so much better to fail than to not do at all and not learn from those failures. And uh, I watched a, a video the other day where this this lady was saying that her dad in her upbringing would ask the kids when they came home what did you fail at today and would really reward them for opening up about something that they Mm. they failed at because we put so much emphasis on success that we teach our kids inadvertently to fear failure when really that's usually how we learn things and so i love that I like that. That's a conversation. I think I might try that. (laughs) (laughs) What did you guys fail at today? Our family uh, dinner question when we sit down is, what what was the best thing that happened to you today? Because a lot of times you can just get caught up like, this was a bad day. You know, kids yelled at me at school and I tripped and skinned my knee and and so we're always like, okay, name one good thing that happened to you today. One, (laughs) if you can think of it. And sometimes it's like... Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say sometimes it's it's like, um, you know, my bed was really comfy this morning and I enjoyed the, the, the extra, you know, minute that I got to lay in there or whatever. You know, it could be something simple like that. But what were you going to say? I was going to say we always do um, positive sandwich where we like mm. one positive thing that happened, one negative thing that happened. And then we end it with a positive and we try to like. It, when we get to the negative word part, we like try to identify like an emotion, actually for all three parts, um, mm-hmm. like what emotion, and it can't just be like happy, sad, you know, like mm-hmm. was it frustrating, was it exciting, or you know, like mm-hmm. so disgusting like, or yeah, hilarious, right? Yeah, that's cool. I I li- I really like that. <laughs> well, do you have any other questions, Will? I think we're gonna wrap it up here. I think we did good. That's uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, Yeah. it was a lot of fun chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for coming on. Mm -hmm. All right, so we we just talked to Lisa. Um, Again, check out her work at uh, Lisa Bardo. No, 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 what is it? Bardobrush.com. Just do a search for Lisa Bardo. She's got a YouTube channel. She's got an Instagram account. And she has her artmakersclub.com, which is her online community. You should also check that out as well. Uh, anything you want to add? Any key takeaways you had from this, Will? Yeah, I think that um, she has an advantage over illustrators in that she is skilled in graphic design. And mm-hmm. when I was looking through her website, it's so well laid out. What you know, like, like the 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 thought involved, and also the just just the um, the way she used color and the way she dressed herself up to present herself is all branded and that's Mm -hmm. something that i see illustrators really struggling with they they might be good at at making an image but then when it comes to promoting their own work their website does not in any way enhance Mm -hmm. what they're creating hers does you know and that's that's so important um and we talk about that in there a little bit my big thing from her too is 
she she said at one point, everything is figure outable. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, if there's if there's a if you ever come to a roadblock in an art career or in a uh, illustration that you're making, or in you know whether it's social media or getting an agent or something like that, figure it out. Like everything yeah. is figure outable. Go talk to somebody who's been there before. Get advice. Um, yeah. Whenever um, you have an opportunity on it. Whenever you have an opportunity, mm-hmm. take it because it's yep. figure outable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we uh, will just take us out from there. All right. Three Point Perspective is made possible by SVS Learn. We're becoming a great illustrator starts. Your hosts are Will Terry, Lee White, and Jake Parker. Uh, we have a few shout outs we want to give to people who help make this podcast possible. Special thanks to Daniel2. That's uh, daniel2.co is his website. Uh, it's spelled danieltu.co. Uh, special thanks to our keeper of the curriculum, Austin Shirtliff, our show notes wrangler, Lily Howell, our chief operations officer, Lisa Fott. And I want to also shout out, we haven't been shouting her out, but if you go to our YouTube channel, a lot of our episodes have illustrations that um, are associated with each, each episode. And it's a, usually a red bunny. And these are done by Annalise. What's her last name, Will? Black. Annalise Black. So special thanks to Annalise for uh, our illustrations that she does for our podcast. She's doing a great job and she's... And everything else she does. And everything else she does. Customer support. So so thanks to that. That's it for us today. Now, go draw something.